You know, it can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. Invisible struggles like stress and burnout, caregiving for a loved one, or being misunderstood. But insight, awareness, and empathy will help us better see the issues they're dealing with. And that can make us and our companies healthier, too. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. You know success when you see it. Or you think you do the people in the spotlight. But what about those small business masterminds who succeed at making their money work harder? They do that by having a business bank account with QuickBooks Money, which now earns 5% annual percentage yield. Making your money work as hard as you do? That's how you business differently. Learn more about QuickBooks Money at quickbooks.com slash 5APY. Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes earn APY. APY can change at any time. The countdown has begun. From May 14th to 16th, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Carter Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections, gain unique insights and uncover valuable opportunities in one of the world's most rapidly rising regions. Request your invite for this exclusive event at QatarEconomicForum.com. Live from the Bloomberg Interactive Brokers Studios, this is Bloomberg Daybreak for Monday, November 28th, 2022. Coming up this hour. Protests erupt across China over the country's COVID-0 strategy. The unrest in China has stocks slumping around the world. Turmoil at a plant in China may cost Apple close to 6 million iPhones. And Wall Street braces for a key speech this week from Fed Chair Jay Powell. The team charged with shooting up a Buffalo supermarket is expected to plead guilty to state charges. Plus, without power in the cold months in Ukraine. I'm Michael Barr. More ahead. I'm John Stanshaw in sports. Mike White led the Jets to an easy win. The Knicks lost to Memphis. The Nets beat Portland. That's all straight ahead on Bloomberg Daybreak. On Bloomberg 1130 New York. Bloomberg 991 Washington, D.C. Bloomberg 1061 Boston. Bloomberg 960 San Francisco. Sirius XM 119. And around the world on BloombergRadio.com and via the Bloomberg Business app. Good morning, I'm Nathan Hager. I'm Amy Morris. Bloomberg Daybreak is brought to you by BNY Mellon's Perching. Learn why the world's most sophisticated wealth management and institutional firms rely on Pershing to help them improve profitability, create efficiency, attract talent, and manage risk at Pershing.com. New futures are moving lower this morning. It is 6.01 on Wall Street, and we check the markets every 15 minutes during the trading day on Bloomberg. S&P futures are down 34 points. Dow futures down 205. NASDAQ futures are lower by 112 points. The DAX in Germany down nine tenths percent. Ten year Treasury is up one thirty second. The yield three point six seven percent. Amy? Nathan, we begin with unrest in China. Protests are spreading after COVID rules were blamed for hampering rescue efforts when a fire broke out in an apartment block, killing ten people. We get more from Bloomberg News managing editor Emma O'Brien. 
you uh, saw what started as uh, vigils and pushback against this horrific fire in Arongchi in northwest China in an apartment block that people believe was locked down due to COVID controls. Peaceful vigils sort of morphing into wider protests against people not wanting to be taken away into quarantine camps. People pushing back against PCR testing, tussling with COVID workers, and in some cases pushing down testing booths in various cities. This is spreading across different strata of society and does show uh, no signs of abating. Bloomberg's Emma O'Brien says these protests mark the most significant challenges to Communist Party rule since the Tiananmen Square crisis more than 30 years ago. And the unrest in China's rippling through global markets. Amy, stocks in Shenzhen and Hong Kong fell more than 1% overnight. We get the recap from Bloomberg's Juliet Sally in Singapore. Good morning, Juliet. Good morning, Nathan and Amy. Chinese shares listed in Hong Kong led the declines in the region, while those on the mainland also came under pressure. The onshore yuan dropped as much as 1% against the greenback before trimming some of those losses. Broader stocks in Taiwan were hurt by the ruling party's resounding defeat in island-wide local elections. And elsewhere, Win Macau and MGM China surge, leading gains among the six Macau casino operators that were awarded new licenses to continue running their business in the gambling hub. In Singapore, Juliet Sali, Bloomberg Daybreak. Thank you, Juliet. The rare protests in China are prompting investors to rethink bets on the country after jumping back in on hopes of a reopening. Mark Mobius, the founder of Mobius Capital Partners, tells Bloomberg he does not expect those demonstrations to end peacefully. It's clear to me that she cannot tolerate any protests. So there will be a very tough crackdown on any protesters. More people will be arrested and uh, they will probably go further in terms of control. Those comments from Mark Mobius come as Goldman Sachs economists say they now see some chance of a disorderly exit from COVID-0 in China. And now, Amy, Dr. Anthony Fauci is making the rare move of publicly criticizing China's COVID-0 policy. We get that part of the story from Bloomberg's Ed Baxter. Dr. Fauci says he's been puzzled all along about China's overall COVID strategy. It seems that in China, it was just a very, very strict extraordinary lockdown where you lock people in the house, but without any seemingly end game to it. And Dr. Fauci on NBC is heard on Bloomberg, says he also doesn't understand why China relied on vaccines solely manufactured in China. In San Francisco, I'm Ed Baxter, Bloomberg Daybreak. Thank you, Ed. The turmoil in China is having an impact on Apple and production capacity for its flagship product. Let's get the latest now live with Bloomberg Steve Rappaport. Good morning, Steve. Good morning, Amy and Nathan. Apple is looking at a shortfall of nearly 6 million iPhone Pro units this year because of problems at a key manufacturing hub. The plant has been plagued by lockdowns and worker unrest following violent protests against pandemic restrictions. Thousands of workers fled in October. The people who replaced them quickly rebelled against pay and quarantine rules. The facility operated by Foxconn Technology Group produces some of Apple's most in-demand handsets. Apple and Foxconn reportedly expect to make up production losses next year. Live in New York, I'm Steve Rappaport, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Steve, thanks. These protests are also having an effect on commodities. Oil is trading at its lowest level in almost a year. Checking prices now, NYMEX crude is lower by 3.1%, down $2.34 at $73.94 a barrel. Brent is lower by 3.1% at $81 even. It's going to be a busy week for U.S. economic data, capped by the monthly jobs report for November. Bloomberg's Vinnie Del Judice reports. Economists say December payroll growth will probably fall short of November's gain at 261,000. 
U.S. unemployment could match or top November's 3.7 percent as technology firms cut jobs and rising interest rates trim the economy's growth rate. Meantime, the Federal Reserve will release its Beige Book Economic Survey, which will provide anecdotal reports on U.S. business activity, including hiring. Among other reports this week, the ISM's factory index, a key barometer of the American manufacturing outlook. Vinny Del Judice, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Vinny, thanks. Perhaps the biggest event on this week's economic calendar comes Wednesday. That's when Fed Chair Jay Powell delivers a speech in Washington. Powell's expected to set the stage for slowing interest rate hikes. At the same time, he'll remind Americans that the fight against inflation will run into next year. Bloomberg Radio and Television will bring you Powell's speech live. Again, it's coming up Wednesday around 1.30 p.m. Wall Street time. As for today, the holiday shopping season continues. This is Cyber Monday. Retailers saw modest growth over the Black Friday weekend, according to data compiled by Sensormatic Solutions. In-store traffic ticked up 2.9% at brick-and-mortar retailers compared to 2021. Deep discounts reportedly lured shoppers seeking a break from inflation. A lot of those deals are going to be happening online today. S&P futures now down 30 points. Straight ahead, your latest local headlines, plus a check of sports. This is Bloomberg. Thank you, Nathan. 607 on Wall Street. Let's bring in Michael Barr with more on what else is going on in New York and around the world. Good morning, Michael. Good morning, Amy. A white gunman who targeted a Buffalo supermarket in a predominantly black neighborhood plans to plead guilty today on state charges in killing 10 people and wounding three others. Peyton Gendron, who is 19, is scheduled to appear in Erie County Court for a hearing that was postponed for a week by a snowstorm. The 25-count grand jury indictment includes charges of a hate crime and domestic terrorism motivated by hate, which carries an automatic life sentence upon conviction. Gendron also faces charges for separate federal hate crimes. Ukraine is suffering a power crisis after Russian strikes on its power grid. The capital, Kiev, is covered in snow as temperatures fall below freezing across the country. Electricity has been restored to most areas in at least a limited capacity for just hours in the day. Meanwhile, the congressman who would chair the House Intelligence Committee when the GOP assumes majority in January says rumors that Republicans will pull back congressional support of Ukraine are not true. Mike Turner of Ohio says, though, the GOP-led House will pass aid to Ukraine as standalone measures. We don't need to pass $40 billion large Democrat bills that have been being passed to send $8 billion to Ukraine. And the GOP congressman who will become chair of the House Foreign Affairs Committee, Michael McCall, says he will support giving longer-range missiles to Ukraine. If we lose in Ukraine, Chairman Xi's going to look at Taiwan. And the Ayatollah is already all in with Russia and China in this fight. And Kim Jong-un now is providing artillery shells to uh, to uh, Russia to fight the Ukrainians. McCall of Texas and Congressman Turner spoke on ABC's This Week, which can be heard Sundays on Bloomberg. Many of Donald Trump's potential 2024 rivals and some top Republicans have fallen silent on the former president's dinner with a notorious white supremacist. Trump's impromptu dinner with Nick Fuentes at Mar-a-Lago last week has drawn condemnation from only a handful of Republicans, while most sidestepped the matter or said nothing. However, Republican Representative James Comer of Kentucky was critical of the dinner. Well, he certainly needs better judgment in who he dines with. 
along with Representative Comer, former New Jersey Governor Chris Christie, was also critical of Trump for putting out a plate for Fuentes. Global News 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts, more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr, and this is Bloomberg. Amy. All right. Thank you, Michael. Now for the sports report brought to you by Tri-State Audi. Here's John Stashauer. Okay, Amy, safe to say the Jets' much-talked-about decision to bench quarterback Zach Wilson, replace him with Mike White, was a rousing success. White led the Jets right down the field on the first possession. He threw a touchdown pass to rookie Garrett Wilson. Second quarter, they hooked up again. Looks over the middle. Throws one. It is. Caught by Garrett Wilson at the 35-yard line. Makes a man miss at the 30. Sprints right to the 20. To the 15. 10. 5. Touchdown. Garrett Wilson with a catch and run. A 55-yard touchdown. On ESPN New York, Jets went on beat the Bears in the rain at MetLife, 31 to 10. A week ago, Wilson in New England was 9 of 22, 77 yards at a QB rating of 51. White. 22 of 28, 315 yards, three TDs. He had a rating of 149. The Jets offense that had 103 yards last week, this time had 466. Two games went overtime. Cleveland beat Tampa Bay, who's just five and six, although somehow in first place. The Raiders won in Seattle on a Josh Jacobs 86-yard touchdown run. He had over 300 all-purpose yards. Chargers went for two rather than the extra point to tie, and they won at Arizona and Jacksonville. Did the same thing to upset Baltimore last night. Philadelphia 40, Green Bay 33. The Eagles are 10 and 1. At the Garden, Knicks rallied fourth quarter to take the lead, but Memphis pulled it out 127 123. John Morant, 27 points, triple double. Jalen Brunson led the Knicks with 30, but he missed two shots in the last 10 seconds. Knicks dropped to 4 and 5 at home. Nets beat Portland at Barclays 111 to 96. John Stashelli, Bloomberg Sports. Amy? All right, thank you, John. S&P futures down 29 points. Dow futures down 163 points. NASDAQ futures down 97. Much more still to come on this Monday morning. You're listening to Bloomberg Daybreak. This is Bloomberg. The Bloomberg Sports Report was brought to you by Audi. Don't let someone else drive off in the Audi model you've always wanted. Visit your local Tri-State Audi dealer to get behind the wheel of yours today or visit AudiOffers.com for more information. Markets, headlines, and breaking news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Bloomberg Business app, and at Bloomberg Quick Take. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. Nathan Hager, this update's brought to you by SEI. Asset managers don't get results that are off the charts, and their solutions are off the shelf. Learn how SEI's operating platform can turn infrastructure into a competitive advantage at SEIC.com slash tech. Stocks are sliding. Oil is tumbling with growing unrest in China over COVID restrictions. Dollars steadying after strengthening, uh, strengthening in the risk-off mood. Well, treasuries are rising. The, we check the markets for you every 15 minutes during the trading day on Bloomberg. Right now, S&P futures are down 29 points. Dow futures down 164. NASDAQ futures are lower by 99 points. The DAX in Germany is down 8 tenths percent. So is the CAC in Paris. Ten-year treasuries moved lower now. It's down 2 tenths percent for a yield of 3.68 percent. Yield on the two-year, 4.46 percent. NYMEX crudes lower by 3 percent or $2.27, $74.02 a barrel. COMEX Gold is up 4 tenths percent or $6.50 higher at $17.75.30 an ounce. The euro 1.0486 against the dollar. The yen is at 137.85. That's a Bloomberg Business Flash. And now here's Michael Barr with more on what's going on around the world. Michael. 
Nathan, thank you very much. Chinese authorities have eased antivirus rules in scattered areas, but affirm their severe zero-COVID strategy after crowds demanded President Xi Jinping resign during protests against controls that confine millions of people to their homes. We'll have more on this story coming up in a few minutes. Americans ignoring any inflation and recession fears to start holiday shopping this weekend. A record $9 billion was spent on Black Friday, up more than 2%. Now many retailers are offering deals today for Cyber Monday. In the NFL, the Jets, Commanders, and 49ers won. The Ravens lost. In the NBA, the Nets and Warriors won. The Knicks lost. The Celtics beat the Wizards 130-121. In the World Cup and Cutter right now, it's Serbia 3, Cameroon 1. Global News, 24 hours a day, on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take. Powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts, more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr, and this is Bloomberg Gaming. All right. Thank you, Michael. It is 620 on Wall Street. We're live from the Bloomberg Interactive Broker Studios. This is Bloomberg Daybreak. Protests against COVID restrictions spreading across China, citizens taking to the streets and to university campuses. They're venting their anger and frustration on local officials and on the Communist Party. Bloomberg political correspondent Rebecca Chung Wilkins joining us now. Rebecca, thank you for taking the time with us this morning. Where are we seeing some of the biggest reactions to this? Well, Amy, we're seeing protests breaking out across at least 10 major cities in China, um, according to sort of a lot of the social media footage that we're seeing. And as you say, it's really directed um, at the very, very stringent COVID zero policies we've seen. But I think it also you know, does reflect this much broader malaise that we've seen as the economy really starts to stutter under the weight of these policies for more than two years, very, very strict lockdowns, and, of course, this crisis in the property sector. Now, Rebecca, let's talk about the extraordinary nature of some of these protests. Some protesters over the weekend calling for President Xi Jinping to step down unheard of in China. Are we at a boiling point now? Where are we? It is certainly very, very unusual to see this type of protest. I mean, protest in China is not that rare, um, but it's normally deeply localized, and it's normally sort of around dispute or real estate issues. It is very unusual to see protests in this way directed and challenging the power of Xi Jinping and also the Chinese Communist Party um, at the moment. The efforts seem quite still, quite disparate. We haven't seen these signs of sort of comprehensive organizing um, or coordinated organizing. And there is still potential move for that. And that will really be, I think, what authorities become deeply worried about. And we're also seeing the bulk of protests remain quite um, peaceful. Um, There have been some tussles or some video footage of tussles between protesters and police. But for the large part, they haven't actually become violent in any way. Does this compare at all to Tiananmen Square, which we saw more than 30 years ago? I think in in many people's eyes, it is certainly the largest challenge to the Communist Party and to the leader of China since Tiananmen Square. And, of course, there are lots of parallels when you think about the sort of populations that are driving this. Many young people, many students are driving a lot of these protests. And unlike in in Tiananmen, we're also seeing women play quite a significant role really out there leading speeches, uh, particularly, for example, in some of the university protests that we've seen, too. Do you anticipate that these protests can nudge leaders to maybe behind the scenes privately decide to start reopening sooner? Would you anticipate more of a lockdown or a crackdown? What do you see in the future? 
Well, I think, Amy, that, that's the crux. And in one, one, one hand, it sort of will be impacted by the inflection point. You know, what type of escalation do we see from the protests? Do they become violent? But on the other, you know, when we saw the Congress, of course, Xi Jinping just uh, has had this coronation of sorts, this unprecedented, um, also precedent-breaking third term as leader of the Chinese Communist Party. The fear was that as he placed allies in all of the sort of top positions in the party, that there really wouldn't be a diversity or a range of views talking to him and advising him, you know, when to change course. And I think for many people, there was this concern, who is going to tell Xi Jinping when he takes a misstep, when things go wrong? And the worry, I think, in this case is precisely now, after he's taken all of these steps to sort of rid uh, rival factions and rid criticism in the party, who is going to sort of usher him into taking those steps? And when we look at his previous reaction, for example, in Hong Kong or uh, with, with COVID treatment in the early stages of China, actually there was seemed to be a delayed response. It was quite of a lackluster sort of standoffish response from Beijing for quite a number of months. And then we saw this very heavy-handed response. And so I think there is, again, some worry that we may see something similar again this time. Last 30 seconds here, Rebecca, very quickly, Goldman Sachs forecasting a 30% probability of a disorderly exit from COVID-0. What does that look like? What's a disorderly exit? Well, I think the biggest problem here is going to be vaccinations and the healthcare system. China simply doesn't have the healthcare system to support a huge influx of COVID cases. And one particular issue is, of course, with Omicron and other variants being so, so infectious, it's become very, very difficult to control the rate of infections. So I think a disorderly, uh, a disorderly exit looks like one that overwhelms the public health systems where we see very high mortality rates. All right. Bloomberg political correspondent Rebecca Chung Wilkins will be watching it with you. Thank you so much. S&P futures 32 points lower. Dow futures down 186. NASDAQ futures down 104 points. Much more to come on Bloomberg Daybreak. This is Bloomberg. Bloomberg Daybreak is brought to you by the Jewish Communal Fund. For 50 years, philanthropists at all levels have turned to JCF's donor-advised funds to streamline their charitable giving. Visit jcfny.org. Broadcasting live from the Bloomberg Interactive Broker Studio in New York. Bloomberg 1130. To Washington, D.C. Bloomberg 991. To Boston. Bloomberg 1061. To San Francisco. Bloomberg 960. To the country. Sirius XM Channel 119. And around the globe. The Bloomberg Business App and BloombergRadio.com. This is Bloomberg Daybreak. It's 6.30 on Wall Street. Good Monday morning. I'm Amy Morris. I'm Nathan Hager. We're about three hours away from the open of U.S. trading. Time for the five things you need to know to start your day. Brought to you by Interactive Brokers. Interactive Brokers charges margin loan rates from 4.33 to 5.33%. Rates subject to change. Learn more at ibkr.com slash compare. Up first, protests in China are spreading nationwide. Citizens are pushing back at President Xi Jinping's strict COVID rules after they were blamed for hampering rescue efforts in a deadly apartment fire. Bloomberg News Managing Editor Emma O'Brien says it poses a significant challenge to the Communist Party. 
You uh, saw what started as vigils and pushback against this horrific fire in Aronchi in northwest China, peaceful vigils sort of morphing into wider protests against people not wanting to be taken away into quarantine camps. This is spreading across different strata of society and does show no signs of abating. Bloomberg's Emma O'Brien says protesters are showing their support online despite government surveillance. Protests in China also having an impact on Apple's bottom line. Bloomberg Steve Rappaport joins us live with details. Steve, good morning. Good morning, Amy and Nathan. The protests have led to iPhone production problems at a manufacturing plant in China. Apple is reportedly looking at a shortfall of nearly 6 million iPhone Pro units at the plant operated by Foxconn Technology Group. Production could fall behind even further if COVID lockdowns continue. Apple and Foxconn expect to get caught up next year. Apple is down nearly 2% in pre-market trading. Live in New York, I'm Steve Rappaport, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Steve, thanks. The ongoing unrest is having wide market repercussions. Stocks in China and Hong Kong fell more than 1% overnight. Mark Mobius, founder of Mobius Capital Partners, tells Bloomberg he expects short-term losses and has long-term concerns about China. The problem that I have is from a longer-term perspective, I'm talking about four or five years is what our view is, What happens if China decides to attack Taiwan? It's going to be like Russia. You know, all of the investments in China will be lost. Mark Mobius of Mobius Capital Partners does not expect the current demonstrations to end peacefully. Protests in China also having an impact on commodities markets with oil trading at its lowest level in almost a year. NYMEX crude down 3% or $2.23, trading at $74.06 per barrel. And futures are moving lower as well, with S&P futures down 30 points, Dow futures down 180, NASDAQ futures are lower by 99 points, 10-year Treasury is down 132nd, the yield 3.68%. That's the five things you need to know to start your day, brought to you by Interactive Brokers. This is Bloomberg. All right, thanks, Nathan. 633 on Wall Street. Let's bring in Michael Barr with more on what else is going on in New York and around the world. Good morning, Michael. Good morning, Amy. The teen charged with shooting and killing 10 black people at a Buffalo, New York supermarket earlier this year is expected to plead guilty today to state charges. Peyton Gendron is expected to plead guilty to at least part of a 25-count indictment that charged him with carrying out a domestic act of terrorism motivated by hate and other charges. Prosecutors said it reflects the social media post linked to the suspect that included the racist conspiracy theory known as replacement. Devastating Russian strikes in Ukraine have cut off power to many hospitals. Power outages have strained and disrupted the country's health care system. The congressman who will become chair of the House Intelligence Committee when Republicans assume majority in January says his committee will turn away from investigations like the January 6th inquiry. Mike Turner says instead the committee will focus on global security. Our committee is going to focus on national security and our adversaries. We have real adversaries where the committee hasn't been focused again. We do need to, however, do oversight to the intelligence community as to what they are doing, and we will do that and we'll do it vigorously. The Ohio representative appeared on ABC's This Week, which airs Sundays on Bloomberg. A vigil was held last night for the six Walmart employees gunned down in Tuesday's mass shooting in Chesapeake, Virginia. The Chesapeake Coalition of Black Pastors organized the service at the Mount Lebanon Baptist Church. Pastor Andrea Roby of the Solid Rock Baptist Church came from Berlin, New Jersey, to be among those praying for the victims and loved ones. We gather in the memory of those six beautiful souls 
Lord, we ask you for your peace today. Pastor Roby echoed the phrase, we are Chesapeake strong through the service. The pilot and passenger trapped inside a plane dangling from power cables for hours in Gaithersburg, Maryland, have finally been freed. The efforts to carefully extricate both people took much of the night. Finally, rescuers overnight said the occupants were sent to area hospitals with serious but not to believe be life-threatening injuries. uh, Montgomery Fire Chief Scott Goldstein. Each time and point, we got and learned a little bit more, a little additional parts, which is how we knew why we had to take the next steps that we did. Slow, methodical, and risk-based. Chief Goldstein says, though, tens of thousands of customers lost power in Maryland's Montgomery County. Global News, 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts, more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr, and this is Bloomberg, Amy. All right. Thank you, Michael. Time now for the Sports Report, brought to you by Tri-State Audi. Here's John Stashauer. Thanks, Amy. What a difference a week makes, or what a difference a quarterback can make. After Zach Wilson struggles at New England, he was on the Jets' bench, not even in uniform, third string. Mike White replaced him through three touchdown passes. The Jets iced their win on the ground. And off Ty Johnson, running left, breaks the tackle at the 30. He's at the 20 with a stiff arm at the 10. Five into the end zone. Touchdown. Johnson, a 32-yard broken tackle scamper, and the Jets extend their lead. Another New York touchdown. On ESPN New York, Jets beat the Bears on a rainy day at MedLife, 31-10. to White led an offense that produced 466 yards, 363 more than last week. And the Jets, as of now, a playoff team at 7-4. and Their division is strong. Miami blew out Houston a good 8-3, and and the Giants' division even stronger. Season ended now. All four NFC East teams would make the playoffs. Philadelphia top at 10-1, and beat Green Bay 40-33, to and Washington won again as 1-6-7. Giants host the Commanders this Sunday. The Giants lose. They fall to last place. Knicks came from 12 down, fourth quarter to take the lead, but John Morant led Memphis to a 127-123 victory. Morant scored 27 out of triple-double. Jalen Brunson had 17 of his 30 in the fourth quarter, but in the last 10 seconds missed two shots. In Brooklyn, the Nets beat Portland 111-97 at the World Cup. Scoring has been down. Not the case today. Serbia and Cameroon tied at three. Still about 20 minutes left. John Stashauer, Bloomberg Sports. All right. Thank you, John. It is 638 on Wall Street. Time to take a look at stocks and some of the names that are moving in the pre-market. For that, we are joined by Bloomberg Radio and TV Markets correspondent, Kriti Gupta. Kriti, good morning to you. Well, good morning, Amy. Let's talk about the major story that I think is really weighing on risk sentiment this morning when you look at futures. This idea of Chinese protests across the country really kind of pushing against the COVID zero policies. Now, we'll take the humanitarian aside and put it, put it to, uh, put it to the side for just a moment, but I really want to talk about some of the stocks and some of the companies that are really affected by the situation in China. The easy, easy one to go to is Alibaba as our poster child for really all things China. We like to look at those ADRs and Alibaba shares, BABA, down about six-tenths of one percent. We know overnight those Asian stocks really took a hit, something that's feeding into perhaps the U.S. sentiment as well. Take a look at Apple shares, though. I think this is a fascinating story, Amy, because there is a warning now about from a person, person familiar that the iPhone 
Backbone Pro production is going to see a shortfall, specifically at a Foxconn-operated Shangzhou hub, resulting in a deficit of 6 million units this year. They are, of course, trying to retain some of their staff, but nevertheless, it is that kind of production shortfall that's weighing on the stock this morning. AAPL down 1.1%, even underperforming the broader market and the moves that you're seeing in futures as well. But Apple is not the only major company that has a major presence in China as well. You have to look at Tesla shares. TSLA is your ticker down about 2% in the pre-market. Once again, even underperforming Apple. And this is really significant. Big shout out to Ed Ludlow for actually pointing out this fact to me. It's my favorite Tesla fact. The idea that in Shanghai and in some of their other Chinese factories as well, something that they've done very, very well is keep their supply chain very close. So some of the raw materials you need for that EV production is actually right by their factories. And it's actually been something that's been some uh, a big boon for the stock. The idea that some of the supply chain issues, the inflationary pressures, well, Tesla's been a little bit insulated from those because of uh, their location in China. Now, of course, given the protests and given the further issues, you are seeing a lot more pain in the stocks. So TSLA down 2.2% this morning. Of course, you have several other stocks uh, that are moving, but I really want to focus in on the tech sector and talk about chips specifically because with Tesla and with Apple, you have to look at the likes of NVIDIA, for example. NVDA is your ticker down about 1.3% this morning. And I really like to look at the chip sector broadly because even though most of the uh, production is centered in Taiwan as opposed to mainland China. It is still, from a sentiment perspective, trading in line with some of these big tech names. So if you see these Chinese protests really weigh on tech broadly, chips will be no exception, Amy. All right. Thanks so much, Bloomberg Radio and TV Markets correspondent Kriti Gupta. I want to thank you for joining us and looking at stocks as a whole ahead of the open. S&P futures down 33 points. Dow futures down 194 points. NASDAQ futures down 105 points. The 10-year Treasury down 2.30 seconds, the yield at 3.68%. Much more still to come on this Monday morning on Bloomberg Daybreak. This is Bloomberg. The Bloomberg Sports Report was brought to you by Audi. Don't let someone else drive off in the Audi model you've always wanted. Visit your local tri-state Audi dealer to get behind the wheel of yours today or visit AudiOffers.com for more information. Markets, headlines, and breaking news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Bloomberg Business app, and at Bloomberg Quick Take. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. I'm Nathan Hager. This update's brought to you by BNY Mellon's Pershing. Learn why the world's most sophisticated wealth management and institutional firms rely on Pershing to help them improve profitability, create efficiency, attract talent, and manage risk at Pershing.com. Risk off this morning. Let's head right over to the first word breaking news desk for today's morning call with Bill Maloney. Good morning, Bill. And good morning, Nathan. That's right. U.S. futures are under pressure, helped by the growing unrest in China over their COVID restrictions. Dow futures currently down 212 points. S&P's dropped 36, and NASDAQ futures are off by 114. The U.S. 10-yield at 3.68%. Gold is up 6. Oil is in the red. And Bitcoin is trading lower by 2.3%. Hong Kong fell 1.6% overnight, while European markets are also trading in the red this morning. And back in the U.S. on the economic front at 10.30, the Dow. 
Dallas Fed. In other news, Apple faces a deficit of 6 million iPhone Pros on the China issues. And Elon Musk said that Twitter can get more than a billion monthly users in 12 to 18 months. In the crypto space, Mark Mobius said the crypto route has room to run. And wrapping things up, Beyond Meat was cut to underweight at Barclays. Activision was raised to overweight at Morgan Stanley. And DraftKings was cut to underweight over at J.P. Morgan. Live from the First of Breaking News Desk, I'm Bill Maloney. Nathan. Okay, Bill, thanks. To get live breaking news over your Bloomberg type squawk on your terminal, SQUA, go. That's a Bloomberg Business Flash. And now here's Michael Barr with more on what's going on around the world. Michael. Nathan, thank you very much. In China, mass protests are taking place in the streets of some cities. The public outpouring is a reaction to the strict zero-COVID policy enacted by China's President Xi Jinping. We'll have more in a minute. The long trek home after the Thanksgiving holiday proved to be a challenge this year. The weather is complicating matters. The busy I-95 corridor from D.C. to Philadelphia to Boston was hit with heavy rains. Today, the Pacific Northwest is getting hit by snow. In the NFL, the Jets, Commanders, and 49ers won. The Ravens lost. In the NBA, the Nets and Warriors won. The Knicks lost. The Celtics beat the Wizards 130-121. In the World Cup in Carter right now, Cameroon 3, Serbia 3. Global News, 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr, and this is Bloomberg. Nathan. Okay, Michael, thank you. It's 649 on Wall Street. Let's turn to news in science and technology now. The Bloomberg NJIT STEM report is brought to you by New Jersey Institute of Technology, ranked a top 100 national university by U.S. News and World Report and the number one public university in New Jersey by Forbes. What will you make at NJIT? Learn more at njit.edu. Now here's what's making news in science, technology, engineering, and math. The important holiday shopping season continues today with... Cyber Monday. Retailers saw modest growth over the Black Friday weekend. According to data compiled by Sensormatic Solutions, in-store traffic ticked up 2.9% at brick-and-mortar retailers over 2021. Deep discounts lured shoppers seeking a break from inflation. After cutting thousands of jobs, Twitter is now hiring. That's according to slides from a company talk tweeted by owner Elon Musk. The first slide had the words, we're recruiting, with no further details. The slides also said that new user signups are at an all-time high, averaging more than 2 million a day the second week of November. And Prince William and the Princess of Wales will be looking to focus attention on their Earthshot Prize for Environmental Innovators when they make their first trip to the United States in eight years this week. William and his wife Kate will travel to Boston on Wednesday for three days of public engagements before they announce the prize winners Friday in a ceremony headlined by pop star Billie Eilish. That's the Bloomberg NJIT STEM report, Amy. All right. Thank you, Nathan. We're live from the Bloomberg Interactive Brokers Studios. It is 651 on Wall Street. Time now to check what's going on in D.C. and some of the top stories in our nation's capital include lawmakers returning to Washington. They only have two and a half weeks to fund the government. We're also seeing a messy breakup between the GOP and corporate America and Republican leader Kevin McCarthy in the fight of his political life to become House Speaker. For more on these stories, we're going to welcome Professor Wendy Schiller, director of the Alfred Tubman Center for American Politics and policy at Brown University, and she joins us now. Professor Schiller, thank you for taking the time with us. Before all of that, I want to start off with what's going on in China, those mass protests and the global impact. I wonder if you see parallels with what happened more than 30 years ago in Tiananmen Square. Do you see a crackdown coming here? Well, I mean, I think there's 
this is really an interesting thing about just human nature. You stop a second and think how different we are, different regime, obviously very different regime. And a lot of the rhetoric about how the United States democracy is dying and how, you know, China was saying this is how you run a country. And obviously just recently China's come sort of back to the United States after flirting with Russia. You know, that's a really important pivot point geopolitically. Uh, but people do not like to be locked down. We learned that. And I think China's learning that. It's just a natural human instinct is to be able to be at least, if not politically and religiously free, physically free. Uh, and I think, of course, that, you know, the fire that happened, the tragic fire, people couldn't get out because they were locked in. I mean, I think this is just coming, you know, to haunt the regime in the sense that you can refashion the politics, but human nature, I think, still persists. Let's turn now to Capitol Hill. Lawmakers set up against a tight deadline. They need to pass federal funding. But they haven't agreed on any top line spending figures yet. Um, and, and we're ex- anticipating a stopgap measure to avoid a shutdown. But my question for you is how it will impact negotiations that they have to get through the Georgia runoff first. Um, well, the Georgia runoff, I mean, this, this sort of stake of control of the Senate has been settled, so I think takes pressure off Georgia. That's really an unknown in terms of who's going to turn out in Georgia. You know, will Ralph Warnock be able to get Democrats back out there? Will the African-American vote be high? It was higher in the runoff in January of 21 than it was actually in November of 2020. So that's an interesting thing to think about. Um, and then Herschel Walker's campaign has gotten pretty nasty down in Georgia. But I don't think that really makes a huge difference in the appropriations. I think the Republicans want to wait so they control the House, because, of course, they'll have much more leverage. Uh, and so I think they're going to do everything they can to make this short term and, you know, be able to have the ball in their court coming up in, in January, February, March, where, however long they extend it. I don't think either side wants to shut down right now. Nobody wants to shut down, but they're not crazy about the stopgap having to do that either. They sort of point fingers at each other. But have stopgap measures now been normalized? Well, yeah, I mean, I think that they have. I think in particular the debt ceiling. You know, in the old days, the debt ceiling had to pass. It was must pass. So everybody knew that. And then it was separated from the appropriations process. Now it's frequently combined. They extended the debt ceiling, obviously, cap for a couple more months. But I think that always looms now in appropriations. And so they want to get that done, the stopgap. They settle for that. So they don't have to fight the battle of the debt ceiling at the same time every time they have to ward off a shutdown. Shifting gears a bit, Republicans have had corporate allies in their corner for decades. Corporate America and the GOP seem to be able to go hand in hand. But that relationship seems to be fraying now as more Republicans push back against what they call the woke corporate mentality. Uh, What's going on here? Well, it's an interesting thing. We always hear this after January 6th. You know, you remember, Amy, that the corporations stopped giving money for just a couple of months to Republicans and Republican PACs because they just didn't want to be associated um, with that uh, insurrection. And this happens once in a while where they have a little fight, but they always get back together. And, you know, given that the Republicans are going to control committees that regulate business across the board, and I think uh, corporations are going to want less regulation and they're going to want the House Republicans to push for that vis-a-vis the Senate Democrats, I think this relationship will repair itself. Uh, it all depends, but I think this always happens a little bit around now, and then a couple months from now, when you see the corporate, you know, the committee chairs, and look at the committee chairs for the House. They're already named, the big committees have already been named. Those people are considered conservative, but moderate, and people you can do business with. So I expect this relationship to repair. We have a little more than a minute here. We're looking at the power shift in the House. It appears the speakership is really Kevin McCarthy's to lose, but he's also cutting deals, making promises to land the job, um, moving on uh, committee assignments, that sort of thing. Uh, Where do you see that going? Well, I mean, he's got to shore up the infrastructure of leadership 
um, across the board in terms of committees, which he's doing, right? He's picking people who have experience, people who, um, like Mike Rogers, for example, um, someone like that, people who people, Michael McFall, they know, they're well known in the caucus. And I think that that's going to be pretty well received, but a very small margin of control. And, you know, it's always possible that the very right wing members hold out. And if they do that, the Democrats could elect a speaker. I mean, it is precarious for the Republicans and for Kevin McCarthy, but every speaker cuts deals before they, you know, put themselves out before the, the full house in January. So this is not unusual, uh, but you can look at the committee chairs. He's not really jumping seniority. He's not yet given a major legislative or policy committee to somebody who's really on the fringe of the party. I think that's what he really wants to avoid. Wendy, thank you so much for taking the time with us today. We do appreciate it. Professor Wendy Schiller is director of the Alfred Tubman Center for American Politics and Policy at Brown University. You can read more about these stories on Bloomberg.com or on the Bloomberg Terminal. And as a reminder, you can follow all of the latest on Bloomberg Radio in Washington on Bloomberg 99.1 and 105.7 FM HD2. Nathan. Okay, Amy, thank you. It is uh, 6.57 on Wall Street now in Bloomberg Daybreak is brought to you by SEI. Built on advanced technologies and 50 years of innovation, SEI offers asset managers a comprehensive and flexible operations outsourcing platform. Go to SEIC.com slash managers. It's definitely risk off as we start this new trading week with the unrest in China over COVID policies rippling across global markets. Right now, S&P futures are down 33 points. Dow futures down 203. NASDAQ futures are lower by 100 points. Ten-year Treasury, little change now at 3.67% for the 10-year yield. Yield on the two-year is 4.46%. NYMEX crude still moving lower, down 3.3% now at $73.80 a barrel. COMEX gold is up a quarter percent at 1773.10 an ounce. The euro 1.0474 against the dollar. The yen 138.15. Bloomberg Surveillance is next with Jonathan Farrow and Lisa Abramowitz for Amy Morris. I'm Nathan Hager, and this is Bloomberg. You know, it can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. Invisible struggles like stress and burnout, caregiving for a loved one, or being misunderstood. But insight, awareness, and empathy will help us better see the issues they're dealing with. And that can make us and our companies healthier, too. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. What could you do if your data was working for you? and not against you. With Bloomberg delivering enterprise data directly to your systems, you get easy access to the details you want, optimized for higher level analysis, and financial data experts committed to helping you maximize your every move. Our data is made for more, so you can show the world what you're made of. Visit Bloomberg.com enterprise data to learn more.